Hey guys, this is The Real Estate Podcast and it's your host, Alex Kaufman. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I need you to do me a solid. Hit that subscribe button on your phone if you haven't done so already and share this episode with just one person. It's gonna help us get this information out to more people to learn about entrepreneurship and real estate. Thanks, now let's dive into today's episode. So you gotta know what the hell you want, okay? With clarity, clarity is power. You gotta know what you want and why you want it because you gotta have that burning desire. That's what's gonna get your butt up. That's what's gonna get you to push through fear, push through any limiting beliefs that you might have. I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not analytical enough. You gotta push through that. There's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS. It's because they are BS, but you've gotta have that burning desire to push through the BS. Or maybe you're comfortable. Comfort zone's a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there, right? So you All right, we're going to get it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Teifke, accompanied by my co-host, Alex Kaufman. Hey, friends. I'm really excited for today's guest. Me too. Uh, today, we have a special guest, Rod Khalif. He is an entrepreneur and philanthropist. Rod has built over 24, 27 actually businesses and owns over 2000 units in real estate. Uh, we are excited to dive in, Rod. Uh, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Let's have some fun today. Let's get it. We like to right. uh, keep it entrepreneurial. Uh, mm -hmm. As you mentioned, you know, how do we add value for our listeners, for ourselves as well? Um, if it's all right with you, love to go through a quick background. I know you've uh, sure. had some failures and successes, just like every entrepreneur had a uh, mindset, you know, that you've developed over this time and love to just dive in. Sure, sure, sure. Well, let me let me um, let me go back a ways because it'll kind of lend framework to my story. So I'm an immigrant. Uh, I was born in the Netherlands, Holland, you know, wooden shoes, windmills, uh, immigrated to this country when I was six years old with my mother, Zvancha, my brother, Albert. Um, and we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we really struggled growing up. Um, so I remember we ate expired food. It was in a place we could buy expired food. We, I drank powdered milk in the morning with my cereal because it was cheaper than real milk. Wore clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I lied about my age when I was 14 because I was tall and I got a job flipping burgers at Burger King so that I could buy my own clothes and ultimately get a car. But, you know, I'm sure other, you know, you maybe have listeners that have had it harder than, than I did or haven't maybe even have it, have it harder now. But, you know, I knew I wanted more. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she would babysit kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, she was a bit of an entrepreneur. So she, she invested in the stock market. Uh, even IPOs, I think, back the, back when they weren't even a thing yet. And, and, but, but she also got into real estate. So when I was 14, she bought the house across, directly across the street from us, um, from some neighbors, um, for about 30 grand. And when I was 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep, that had gone up in value $20,000. I'm like, what? Screw college, mom. I'm getting into real estate. I like the sound of that. So I went out and got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18. And you'll appreciate this. I was a broker. I wasn't just an agent. Back then, you could do it with education. They got smart. Now you need some experience before you can be a broker. But I was a broker right when I turned 18. And, uh, you know, and, and I was going to be rich in real estate. Well, my first year in real estate, I made about eight grand. My second year, maybe 10 grand. But my third year, I made over $100,000. Back in 1980, that was pretty decent change. And so what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10X my income? Well, what happened 
was I met a guy that taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology. Now, truly 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that, your mindset and your psychology. Fast forward to today, I've owned a couple thousand houses, like you mentioned, that I've rented long-term, thousands and thousands of apartment units. You know, in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And, you know, and you're thinking, wow, that's pretty impressive. Well, and so did I. Okay. So, you know, and I, you do the math on that. It's like $8,300 an hour over a 40 hour work week. And of course I did. And I thought I was a freaking real estate God. I thought I could do no wrong. And, you know, my bed, head was so big, I could barely fit it through a door. And, you know, when that happens, maybe God, the universe, whatever you believe will give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. I lost that 17 million and a lot more. I lost 50 million. I lost everything, 50 million bucks in 2008. And so, you know, a, a lot of what I'm known for is talking about mindset and psychology and the mindset and psychology, really, it took to have 50 million to lose. And then it, then, then the mindset and psychology, it took to recover from losing $50 million. And that's kind of what my podcast is known for. And, um, and, uh, so, you know, happy to go deep on any part of that, that you guys would like. Yeah. Rod. So, um, you know, I've, I've been doing this pretty, you know, I say for a long time, you've got me trumped obviously, but mm -hmm. started when I was 17. Um, and that was around 2012. Mm -hmm. So personally, oh, good timing, good timing. Well, that, this is what I'm kind of getting to, um, because I've been grinding about as hard as you could imagine. And market's been good for the most part, especially here in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, well, and, you're in the hottest freaking market in the country in Austin. I mean, good Lord, you'd have to be, in, uh, no offense, but you'd have to be pretty bad not to make money in Austin, at least over the last 10 years. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, I yeah, it's, no, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Opportunity City here, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But what, but, I, what I'm trying to understand is uh, because I've tried to prepare as, a, as building a career for myself. Mm -hmm. And once you really kind of understand real estate, you're, you realize, hey, there's some fundamental core principles that you need to understand. And if you do that and you stick to those, it can be hard to go wrong. Um, and one of those is obviously not being over leveraged, right? And, and maybe that's what was the situation you're in. Oh, no, not at all. No, okay. let me explain what happened in 2008 that, and nine. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to I wanted Okay, to yeah, no. Details. Sure, sure, sure. I was at a 30% loan to value, okay? I owed 30 cents on the dollar and I still crashed and burned. And here's why. Um, uh, first of all, I was in Florida. I had 800 houses, okay? Yeah, two hours north of me, two hours south of me, everywhere in between here in Florida, okay? Very, it was too geographically dispersed. That was my, probably my biggest mistake. But, and then I had some apartment complexes as well, but those 800 houses are what killed me. First of all, they were C-class houses, okay? So lots more maintenance than you'd get in a A and B class. But um, Florida has no state income tax. So property taxes here are proportionally higher, which impacts what? Cash flow, right? Um, I had properties in wind and flood zones, which have higher insurance, which impacts cash flow. But what killed me is if I send a maintenance guy to one of my houses and it's an hour one direct, well, let me back up. If I send a maintenance guy to one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. Plumbing parts are the same, HVAC parts are the same, appliance parts, locks, you know, so you could stockpile parts, they, they're in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send someone to one of my 800 houses, they'd have to get there, my, could be an hour, two hours round trip or more, then they have to see what's wrong, then they have to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's and, you know, well, that could be an hour round trip. Um, and then I don't know about you, but at least for me, anytime I try to fix something in my house, typically I'll go back to Home Depot more than once. Well, you know, not so it happens with maintenance guys as well. They get into it and realize and what took 
an hour at one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. And again, these are C-class houses. So lots of maintenance. So the maintenance killed me. But then the coup de gras or, you know, the final straw was um, most of, I didn't pay attention to demographics back then. I really, you know, if they had a good job, they had good credit. I didn't care. But, but most of these guys that in, were in these houses were contractors a lot. That was a big part of my demographic. It was just, I don't know why it worked out that way, but it did. So painters, electricians, plumbers, drywallers, roofers, which fell, which fell off a freaking cliff in 2008 and nine. So they didn't have work. And so, you know, it was just like the perfect storm and, and I couldn't hold it together. And you know, what really is amazing is I actually went upside down. My portfolio went upside down in 2009. It dropped more than 70% here. It was like ground zero for what happened. So that's what happened. It, it, it was, you know, and, and I wrote a book. In fact, it's not right here. I could show it to you. I wrote a book about this and it's called uh, How to Create Lifetime Cash Flow Through Multifamily Properties. And the subtitle is The New Rules of Real Estate Investing, i.e. the new rules are focus on freaking cash flow. Forget equity, forget, you know, I don't, don't, don't tell me what it was worth 10 years ago and what you paid for it now. It doesn't matter. And how well does it cash flow? And, and that's, that's the thing. Houses just don't cash flow as well as multifamily. In fact, I started my podcast. I'm really proud of this. We just, you know, we're, we're approaching 11 and a half million downloads now. And, uh, you know, and I started it and I used to tell people, you know, I'll never sell you anything. Now I'm a liar. I do courses and coaching and all sorts of stuff, but I never planned to. I just wanted to give my message out there that if you're going to buy and hold, I would encourage you to do multifamily instead of single family. It's just, it's, it's safer. It's easier. You can scale faster. You can get better third-party management and all these other things. That's just my opinion. You guys may differ in that opinion, but that's my opinion. I, no, I hear I, you. Okay. Yeah, um, so. it's, it's interesting. And I agree with you uh, for the most part, but mm -hmm. I think the challenge is depending on what market you're in. Um, mm -hmm. Because like here in Austin, even on the multifamily side, I mean, you're buying these things at, you know, four caps, three oh, caps. No, you, you ain't going to get a four cap in Austin right now. Maybe a three cap. Yeah. Right. Well, no, yeah. but we, we actually do find them. Maybe not like the yeah. 200 or the 400 units, but right. okay. we've got six guys and girls all day, every day, cold calling. We're closing oh, on a uh, 17 unit in two weeks. It's good eight and a half cap. Oh, but, wow. But my point was not necessarily um, that I disagree, but like every market may be a little different. And you, in, in like in Austin, you really can't buy for cash flow for the most part. Um, when you buy a larger multifamily like you're doing, obviously it is a little bit different because you can right. like really add that operational uh, knowledge that you have. Well, I mean, so I mean, if you're buying at eight and a half cap, you're absolutely buying with cash flow. I mean, that's that's a fantastic deal, which I'm sure that's a bit of a unicorn. I mean, that to find an eight and a half cap anywhere in the country is great now, but to find it in Austin, holy cow! So well, that's you guys what I'm really saying. Beating the bushes. Yeah. That, and that's the thing is like, it's like a pet peeve of mine. And I'm sure you'll agree with this. Like people say, man, it's so hard to find deals. I'm like, I've never met anyone who spends eight hours a day that says that. You know no, what I, I mean? mean we're, we're finding deals. We're just having to kiss a lot of frogs to find them. And we just closed on a yeah. 296 unit in San Antonio. We just finished the raise. Like we're finishing it in the next couple of days here. So yeah. no, they're out there. Um, I do believe go. I do believe though, guys, that the market is frothing right now. I will tell you right now, this feels like two. You're not going to think that in Austin because everything's great. But I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, I, I think you know, real estate goes through cycles, and we're due for a, uh, for a uh, correction at some point. I mean, yeah. and, and and it feels like 2006 to me. Now, it it could they could kick the can down the curb a little longer, but 
you know, with this current administration and, and, and eliminating the 1031 exchange and screwing with capital gains and all this other, frankly, stupid shit that they're doing, um, I think is going to impact our market in a, in a negative way. Now, is that something to fear? No. I, I with, with any crisis comes opportunity. And if I hadn't been hiding under a rock in 2009 and 10, you know, I would have killed it back then. I'd be on the back of my yacht right now. But, you know, I was licking my wounds for a while. So, yeah. You know. Well, and it's great that you have that experience and, and partially why I'm so fascinated by what does it look like in a downturn? Because mm. you kind of know how to operate at this point, right? Like if it were to happen, you're ready for it. I'm getting, I'm in a lot of cash right now. I'm getting into cash. Cash is king in a downturn, you know, and, or the ability to raise cash, you know, letting your investors know when there's, when, you know, sorry about the expression, but when the blood's running in the streets, you know, get ready. Okay. And I'm rubbing my hands together for those of you who can't see me. Okay. You know, get ready. Don't be fearful because there'll be a lot of fear and you know, the freaking media don't get me started on the fake news, but they'll be saying the world, the, the world is ending, you know, real estate will never come back. And you know, that that's what you're going to see in the news when it happens. That's what happened in 08 and nine and everybody's in, and the fear is pervasive. And when that happens is the best, I mean, that's being a contrarian, obviously, that's the best time to buy, but you got to have cash or, or, or access to cash. And that's why, you know, again, we're pre-framing our investors that way to not be fearful, to be, you know, to get excited. And, yeah. uh, and, and you, you know. got to, you know, you'll, you'll probably agree with this as well. You got to have that system and that machine working before the downturn. You because, need to be educated before the downturn yeah, too, because otherwise it's turn too it late. On. Yeah. yeah. And that's and, when everyone wants to buy. So right. there's all these people that are like, well, uh, it's not the time to buy. I'm like, you, you're probably right, but it's always a time to continue to look. And, and learn and build relationships and get acclimated because I mean, you know, in our business, it's a little more complicated than just buying a house. It's, you know, there, there are a lot of, a lot of other factors involved. You know, I, by the way, I, I don't know when this is, when do you think this will go live? Probably like a two and a half, three weeks. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm doing a, a boot camp in Orlando, December 3rd, 4th, and 5th. I'll give your people a code. They can come for two, literally 197 bucks. And it's three days of training. It's not a big sales pitch. I talk about my coaching for about a half hour to 45 minutes. That's it. Then the rest of the time is full on training. Um, if you're, if you're listening and you're interested, go uh, text multifamily to seven, two, three, four, five, but remember to use the code rod friend and you can come for 197 bucks. It's a duh. It's a no brainer. And, and uh, you know, um, I've never had a complaint. I've had thousands of people come. The only complaints that room's too cold or the food sucked or, but other than that, it's never about the content, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So it's so again, text multifamily to seven, two, three, four, five, and use the code rod friend and you can come for 197 bucks. But um you know, you heard it here, baby. The key, yeah, the key, the key here is, is you've got to build your competence first because when when the market crashes, you've got to have the confidence to go talk to investors and convince them to to invest and do deals and all that. And but competence comes first. Competence equals confidence, and then you have the ability to influence, and that's really kind of the trajectory. Um, so. And you can't dabble in, at least not in the multifamily business, you can't dabble. You can probably dabble a little bit in single family and, you know, wholesale or flip. By the way, you've got a lot of agents and brokers that listen to you, right? Correct. Guys, if you're an agent or a broker and you are not investing, what are you thinking? Okay, what happens if you get sick or, you know, or something, you get hit by a bus or something? You need to be building annuities. You need to be building cash flow. And you're in the perfect position to capitalize on real estate. So, you know, hear me, get started. Don't, 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 don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Right. So our core focus, you'll like this. Right. Our core focus as a company 
is what we say in and on make money in and on real estate in the commissions and put it on the ownership side. Absolutely. You know, there's a reason 90% of the world's millionaires either did it through real estate or invest in real estate, you know, because of the, you know, the incredible tax benefits, although they're screwing with them, but because of that. And, um, and uh, obviously um, because it's such a stable asset, I mean, like multifamily, for example, within three years of the crisis, rents exceeded 06 levels in multifamily within three years. That's how fast it came back. And that was a, that was a major crisis. This COVID was a freaking blip. It was like, what COVID? You know, it's just not that big a deal for most people, you know, uh, at least, you know, in a couple of the blue states, the people got hurt pretty good. But uh, how far uh, how far did rents decrease? Uh, about 11% nationwide in, in 08 and 9. If that's what you're asking, yeah, yeah about 100. Yeah. In multifamily, that's multifamily, okay. And but most most assets, most multifamily assets can survive that kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a blip. Um, and mine would have, you know, in my brilliance, I cross collateralized, you know, packages of 100 houses with my multifamily assets to save, you know, 50 basis points, a half a percent interest, for example, thinking I was brilliant, but you know, I'd still have those apartment complexes if, you know, if I hadn't done that. Um, so. Yeah, lose lose 150 bucks per unit or something as they yeah. decrease. No, not even. Oh no, 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 no. It was less than that. Uh, so, well, okay. Now in 50 rents that are 1500. I'm sorry, my rents yeah, back yeah. then were seven, eight, nine hundred. Okay, gotcha. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah, they've doubled. They've doubled <clears throat> since since I uh, had those uh, houses. But uh, so that 2000, was crazy. 2008 came. Uh, maintenance killed you. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess your tenants couldn't pay their rent, right? They all lost their jobs. They didn't have work. Uh, everything just kind of happened at once. And so- It was like a light switch, by the way. I mean, if you didn't go through it, ask anybody that went through it. It was like one day it was great. The next day it was like, holy shit, what's going on? So just mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, but- No, yeah, no, like you're good. Switch, yeah. Light switch. One night, everything's good. Next yeah, day- Yeah, that's how it felt. Um, and so you're talking a lot about mindset and how that helped you kind of get started when you were a young kid. Watch yep. your mom, uh, and then kind of build back up from there. And so, you know, that light switch goes dark. Uh, yeah. What what did it look like, kind of building out of that? Sure, great question. So, so let me let me let me back into. So, one of the first things we do at my boot camps, and I'm not plugging it here, but this is it is relevant. It is 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 the first hour and 15 minutes we do a goal setting workshop because like Napoleon Hill says in his book, think and grow rich, you have to have a burning desire. You got to want it. And so how the hell are you going to get anything if you don't know what it is? Right? So that's the first thing we do with the, we do this goal setting workshop on steroids and I can describe it for you. It's a little, a little different than you might be used to, but um, that's, that's one of the most important things because it's so easy when you're going through hell to focus on the hell. Okay. And like Winston Churchill says, if you're going through hell, keep going. But, but the point is, you know, we, we have a tendency to focus on the negative and the bad thing is, is whatever you focus on is going to get bigger. Right. That's why, you know, you don't watch the news right now. If, you know, if you're, if you're listening or watching Matt and Alex um, here, you're a leader. And right now more than ever, the world needs leaders. So pay attention to what you're bringing in. Like I said, avoid the fake news. Don't, don't get caught up in that crap. You know, the politics right now, don't get caught up in that. If you can avoid it, bring in the good stuff. I do these clips on my podcast called own your power. They're motivational clips and they're like five minutes long. Even if you're not interested in multifamily, come my podcast called lifetime Cash flow. come and listen. I think you'll really enjoy them. I'll juice you. There's hundreds of them there, you know, um, 
And, but even if it's not my stuff, go on YouTube, pull in the motivational stuff, pull in the, you know, the soldiers coming home to their families or, or just the stuff that's going to make you feel good and, and motivate you. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's so important right now. But so what I do again, is I do that goal setting workshop, you want me to take a minute and just describe it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just, go for okay. It. All right. So what you want to do, and by the way, if you DM me on any social channel, I'm very active on all of them. They've even got me on freaking TikTok now. So if you DM me, I'll send you a link to this because I did it on January 2nd of this year with music. And I've got a, I've got a little guide, a goal setting guide um, that, that you download. It's free. And, and, and I walk you through this, but, but let me describe it at a high level. So you get it. If you don't want to suffer through an hour and 15 minutes of me. So here's the thing. And by the way, if you DM me, just say, send me the link to the goal setting workshop. Uh, but um, what you want to do is pick an hour when you have a lot of energy. Okay. Make sure you're well hydrated. Don't do it after a meal and sit down and write down everything you could ever possibly want in life. Okay. Everything, not just this, not just a couple, you know, the, the new year's resolutions that are forgotten in February, sit down and write down everything you could ever want in this lifetime, all the stuff, the houses, the cars, jets, boats, ski, boats, jet skis, planes, whatever it is, and take the lid off your brain. Imagine if you write it down, you're going to get it. If you want a jet, write it down. You want a private Island, a yacht, write it down. There's nothing you can't do, be, or have. You just have to decide and then take action. And so, you know, write down how much cash flow you want from your, from your real estate or from your investments in say three years and how much cash flow you want in 10 years, write down how much cash you want in the bank in your, in case that, you know, what hits the fan fund in say three years or 10 years. Um, then write down what you can't think of, you know, the stuff, write down, say what you want to learn in this lifetime. Maybe you want to learn a foreign language. If you want to learn multifamily, for God's sakes, come see me. But, but whatever it is, write that down. A skill set, if you want to learn a skill set. Also write down what you want to do. You know, um, maybe you want to write a book. My friend just sent me his book he wrote today. Um, write down if you want to write a book or, or, you know, I've got a friend that's climbing every mountain over 14,000 feet in the whole world, you know, stuff like that. Me, I like, for example, I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane two years ago. I'll never freaking do it again, but it's off my list. So that's the kind of stuff, write all that stuff down. Um, and lastly, write down who you want to help. We will do more for others than we'll ever do for ourselves. You want to use that. Okay. So things you want to do for your family, your friends, whatever, write that down. Um, and, you know, I bought my parents a house on a canal here in Sarasota when my, or in Port Charlotte, south of us here, when my dad was alive, bought him a car, took him on cruises. So write that kind of stuff down. Once you can't think of another thing, look at that list and pick your number one goal. I mean, that goal that when you get it, you're like, oh, good Lord, you know, you've arrived when you get that goal. And if you've got two or three that are equally exciting, just pick one because it won't matter for what we're going to do next. So pick your number one goal, put it on a separate sheet of paper, and then pick your top three. One, oh, sorry. You need to um, put how many years it's going to take for you to achieve each one of those goals. Put a number by each one of the goals. I missed that step. So look at each goal and just guess how long it's going to take you to achieve it. And don't overthink it. Just put a, a how many years, a one, a three, a five, even a 10 or a 20, realizing that it's a human tendency to overestimate what we can do in a year and massively underestimate what we can do in, say, five, 10, 20 years. I'll give you an example of this. When I was 18, I knew I wanted to live on the beach and there's no beach in Denver. Okay. But I would visualize the palm trees and the sand and the surf. And 20 years later, I built this incredible $8 million, 10,000 square foot house on the beach. I owned the beach on one side. I had my boat houses on the backside 
And it was like a slice through an island. It's called a Gulf to Bay. And, and it was unthinkable when I was 18. So again, take the lid off your brain, write it down, but pick it, put a number by each goal, how long it's going to take you to achieve it. And those of you that are analytical, you know who you are. Don't overthink this. Just throw a number down. Okay. Guess at it. Now pick your number one goal, put that down, then pick your top three, one-year goals. Put those down. Leave some room in between them. And if you download my guide, if you DM me, you'll get the guide. But you can do it on a sheet of paper. Okay. Now, at this point, you've got their number one goal, your top three one-year goals. You're ahead of 99.9% .9 of the people on the planet. But like I say, they'll do a New Year's resolution that never happens because it's forgotten by February. But there's another step. You need to write down under each goal why it is an absolute freaking must for you to achieve it. Okay? Not a should. We say, I should do this. I should do that. We should all over ourselves. It has to be a must. Okay. So write down and use emotionally charged words when you're describing your why. Okay. This is your why, why it has to happen. So I can, and so use words like beautiful and amazing and incredible because words are very powerful and you want to use them. This is the juice. This is what's going to get your butt up out of bed early, get you to stay up late, to work Saturdays, to grind for a few years like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. This is the fuel, okay? So write down so I can show my kids what incredible success looks like. So I can retire my wife and we can live a life of amazing abundance. So we can have the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, wherever we want, bring whoever we want, whatever is going to juice you, write it down, okay? Now, and you may have some similarity between the whys, between the goals. That's fine. You can have some redundancy there. It doesn't matter. But put a, try to put a paragraph under each goal. Then, the, then the, the one little twist is I want you to also put some freaking pain in there if you don't achieve the goal and make it hurt so I don't feel like a failure, so I don't fail my kids, so I don't fail my wife or husband, so I don't live a life of regret. I'm going to tell you, I can't think of anything worse than regret. There was this nurse in Australia um, who was a hospice nurse, so she took care of you know, patients when they were about to die, and she asked them a question guys. And she asked him, do you have any regrets? She wrote a book about it. it's called the, the five regrets of dying. Her name was Bronnie Ware. And you know what the number one regret was not living the life I could have lived, living someone else's life, not doing what I know I'm capable of. I can't think of, I can't imagine anything worse than that. So anyway, this is what prevents that from happening. So you got your positive reasons why it has to happen. You've got the pain if it doesn't happen. And the last thing is get pictures or make declarations. I'll give you some examples of this, some public examples. Um, Jim Carrey, when he was flat broke, the actor, Jim Carrey, the, the comedian wrote himself a check for $10 million. And for those of you millennials, the check is something we used to use to pay for things. Okay. Sounds Venmo and Zello and everything else. But anyway, he wrote himself this check and he used to go by the Hollywood sign and visualize cashing it. And that's how much money he made for dumb and dumber. Um, another great example, Demi Lovato, more recent example, when she was unknown about 11 years ago, posted on social media, one day I'm going to sing the national anthem in the Super Bowl. Not this last one. Go watch the one before. See who sang the national anthem. I'll give you some personal examples for me. Um, and please know these, I'm not bragging when I give you these examples because these things don't really interest me anymore, but they're great to show you the power of this. So back when I was 18, I figured I had to have a four-door car because I'm a realtor. You guys know you got to show houses and you got to, you know, throw people in the back of the car. It's usually a Cadillac. At least that's what it was back then. But I, I bought this Ford Granada, this bone ugly four-door Ford Granada. Okay. Bench seat in the front, just a real piece of crap. Well, I, I, I worked with the guy that taught me about mindset, the guy that initially talked to me about it. And 
he had two Corvettes and he let me drive one. And I'm like, oh my God, this is freaking amazing. So I got a picture of a, out of a magazine. This is before anyone had thought of the internet. Got a picture out of the magazine of a Corvette, put it on the visor of that four-door Granada. Within a year or two, I had a beautiful Corvette. Another example. Um, this is back when the TV show Magnum PI was out. Okay. And um, it was a detective show with an uh, actor's name was um, Tom Selleck. And he drove this Ferrari 308. First time I saw an exotic car. And I'm like, holy crap, this, this is incredible. I got a picture of that actual car put on the visor of my Corvette. Every time I sat in, it was right there in front of me. Then a year or two, I had a Maserati look just like it. Last example. I'm the guy I'd always, another car example. I'm the guy I'd always wanted a Lamborghini. Okay. I, you know, I had posters in my bedroom growing up with the Lamborghinis. And, and what's crazy is my son collected models of exotic cars. He had about 30 and he, you know, the Porsches and the Ferraris and the McLarens and the Lamborghinis. He had a model of the exact same color and style Lamborghini that I ended up getting, which I ultimately wrecked. But anyway, so get pictures, put them around you. It's very, in fact, I'll show you something. Do you put this on YouTube or just on iTunes? You're yeah, on YouTube too? Yep. So this is my planner. Okay. This is, I'm a dinosaur. I use a paper planner in the back of this thing. I've got pictures that have been in here for 20 years. Okay. 21 years, actually. First pictures are my gratitude pictures. Okay. So these are pictures of my kids when they were young. Why? Because everything that you get and manifest in life comes through gratitude. Okay. So I got pictures of my kids. Then I've got pictures of things that I wanted. So that house on the beach looked just like this picture on the top. I had 10 foot high glass butt together. It was like I was living on the beach. I had travertine floors like this before I built it. Now, what's crazy is I lost that house and all the craziness. And I now I have a compound. I have six buildings. I have a big main house. They're putting fiber in right now. And I've got a, a guest house on the water, beautiful guest house. I've got a, a media building um, with a, a video studio and a, a theater room and a big exercise facility. And I mean, it's just incredible because God's got a sense of humor. I can see my old house across the bay. It's literally right across the one I lost right across the bay. But what's crazy is you guys see those pictures of those white walls and those bottom pictures. See those white walls, those stone walls. This is my backyard. Look behind me. Is that nuts? There's the white wall right there. Same damn wall. It just, you know, so this stuff, I mean, you know, it's, it's maybe coincidence, but it's just kind of cool to see that. But then, you know, watches, I got pictures of watches, a few hundred thousand dollars of the watches, stupid shit, you know, uh, Lamborghini before I ever got it. There's pictures of it right there. You know, the Rolls, the Bentley, again, all this stuff that I thought was important at one time, but I got because I had pictures. So go get pictures, put them around you, put them on the wall, put them on your screensaver, put them on your phone they work. Anyway, drop the mic. Thanks. I love it. I'm about to go run my head through the window. Just start accomplishing some stuff. I don't know if I can uh, compile that many pictures of real estate. To <laughs> Listen, if you, if it's real estate, you got to think why. And, and, and you, there's that, that exercise you can do where you ask why like seven times and you dig deep as to why you want the real estate. Okay. So I can get this. Okay. Why do you want that? So I can get this and you dig deep like that. And you'll get to stuff that'll really juice you, brother. I mean, that'll, that'll, you know, get you to jump out of bed in the morning and, and uh, do whatever it takes to accomplish what you want to accomplish. But anyway, thanks for letting me rant there, guys. Yeah, no, we love it, man. Hey, this is the guy you got to hear his story sometime, but yeah, he's up 4am every day working out. Wow. Uh, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's on it, dude. Yeah. I had Hal, Hal Elrod on my show, you know, the miracle morning. You yeah, get up we early had Oh, you had him awesome. Austin He's a super us. nice guy. Yeah. What a beautiful soul. And, you know, the exercise in the morning, you journal, you pray, you meditate, um, you know, good stuff. Yeah. All right. So, so the mindset, so the goals, we were talking about coming off the recession, 
right. focusing on what I wanted, not what I didn't want. I could have let that losing 50 million become my story. I use it for illustrative purposes, but it's not my story. Some people will have something like that happen to them and it becomes their whole identity. Okay. Can't do that. So focus on what you want, not what you don't want. Going through hell. Keep moving. Keep moving. And- yes, sir. So you, did you stop buying single family after? I, oh yeah. I've never, I haven't bought a house since except this complex that I live in now. I haven't bought a house since, uh, you know, not to say I wouldn't, but I wouldn't buy a house for investment purposes. No, no, it's, it's, geez, it's just, it's the same amount of work to buy a 20 unit, a 30 unit, a 40 unit. And the scale happens so much faster and so much easier to manage and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, I did a big, uh, uh, had a couple of podcast hosts and um, and, and, and uh, another multifamily investor and I, we did a, a debate on single family versus multifamily. It was a lot of fun. You're reminding me of it here. Um, and, but I'm, I'm a multifamily advocate just for all those reasons, simplicity, scale, organization, um, and uh, management and so on and so forth. I hear you. I'm with you. Okay. And so multifamily. And so, but after that light switch, is that, so, you know, wrote out our goals like this, started picturing, we know our why, we know the pain if we don't achieve it. Uh, and so we started going the multifamily route, still real estate focused. Didn't I, you say- know, I didn't, I didn't start the, back into multifamily for several years. I actually started another company. I started a litigation support company, kind of the out of the ashes of everything. And what we were doing, we were helping families save their homes. So I built law firms in five states. We would stop the foreclosure through litigation. We would help them modify their loans. We saved thousands of families' homes. It's good work. I sold the business a couple of years ago because it was negative. There was a lot of negativity. People aren't happy when they're losing their homes and working with attorneys is not the most fun thing in the world. Um, and so I sold it, uh, but, uh, but it was good work. So that's what I did right afterwards. And then I got back into real estate. I was like, you know what, I'm going to get back into real estate. Let me start my podcast. Okay. So I, I used to tell people, if you listen to the first few episodes, I'll never sell you anything. I just want to add value. And that truly was my premise. And I would take free 30 minute phone calls from my listeners. Call me. We'll talk about anything. Let me help you. I've built businesses. I know real estate inside out, backwards, forwards. And I did hundreds of those calls. And, but then when I hit a million downloads, okay, I'm like, okay, knucklehead, you probably ought to do something with this. So I wrote a book, wrote my book. I gave away, I gave away 20,000 copies of that book before. And then finally my team's like, okay, knucklehead, let's put it on Amazon, actually do something with this. And so, you know, it just turned into now I've had, you know, I've spoken literally in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people with my live events. And I do, you know, I've got coaching students. I'm really here. I'm proud of something here. In fact, I'll show you something on the wall behind me. You behind my green screen, you see some of the hundreds of thank you cards, kind of a mess, but literally the whole wall back there, but you can't even see behind the green screens covered with thank you cards. I've only been teaching about a little over three and a half years. My students now own over 46,000 units. I'm really freaking proud of that. Okay. These are my direct coaching students. So anyway, bragging a little bit there, but yeah, so, so I started with the, uh, with the litigation support. Then I got back into real estate. I knew I was going to get back into it. So I thought I started the podcast because I hate asking for money. I thought that'd be a great vehicle to ask for money at some point. And then it turned into, you know, like I said, we're over uh, 11 million downloads now and never planned to teach this, but I, I truly do love it. I absolutely do love it. All I'm right. sure you guys get that. You guys get that great feedback on your podcast as well, right? You get that love you know, from yeah, people yeah. that you're adding value to. And it's, it it's becomes pretty addictive. cool, man. I uh, yeah. so got my master's degree in real estate from uh, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And I'm uh, about to start teaching college courses at a community. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Now, you know, you know, we've got two hands, one to lift ourselves up, one to lift up people underneath us. And contribution, frankly, is a basic human need. In fact, let me talk about something. If you just humor me for one second, because 
it relates to goals. You know, I was telling you about that house I built on the beach. I mean, that $8 million house. I mean, it was spectacular. I mean, just, just let me describe it. But there's a, there's a punchline here. So stay with me a minute. So I built that house on the beach and, and, and I worked for it for 20 freaking years. Okay. Two months after I moved in. I'm floating in the pool at night. Now, let me describe the house. It was a giant waterfall from the second floor balcony in the pool. You had to walk through the waterfall to get to the pool. The pool was in magazines. Um, uh, you know, I had uh, elevator, wine cellar, you know, um, it, it, the, on the giant spiral staircase up through the middle house. On the second floor, there were aquariums that cost me almost 200 grand that I had custom built. So that gives you an idea of the house. So I'm in the pool it's at, at night, two months after I moved in. Again, worked for it for 20 years. Two months after I moved in, I'm floating in the pool. I'm looking up at this testament to my ego, which is really what it was. I built this house to prove the world I was good enough. And that, you know, it's embarrassing to admit sometimes, but that's the truth of it. I'm looking up at this thing and I got depressed. And I don't mean just a little bit depressed. I mean, I was like really bummed. I'm like, what the hell? I've just like achieved success like times 10,000. I've got the, the Mercedes and the Maserati in the garage. I've got the boat, the jet skis, the beautiful family in the house, this incredible home. And I was depressed. And when I look back on it, there were several things happening. And one of them relates to goals, which is why I wanted to bring this up. One is you should never achieve a big goal without having other goals lined up behind it. Like the good book says, without a vision, the people perish. You need a vision for the future. And I didn't know what I was going to do next. So that was one thing. But the second thing was, happiness does never comes from the goals. Happiness comes from progress and growth. And I didn't know how I was going to continue to grow and progress. So that was the second thing. You know, they, they say the happiest days of a boat owner's life are the day they buy the boat and the day they sell the boat. And see, it's never about the goals. It's who you become on the path to the goals. But here was the biggest thing. I had been totally focused on me. You know, prove the world I'm good enough. Show the world I matter. Rod, 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 rod. Well, I went and bought some books. And one of the books, you know, I got Dale Carnegie and Zig Ziglar and, and um, you know, all the motivational speakers. I got a Tony Robbins book and I went and saw him live and I found out that he fed families for the holidays. And I'm like, that's really cool. Uh, and so I decided to feed some families, five families um, for uh, Thanksgiving it was. And so we called a church, found out who really needed help. Third family changed my life. I mean, we, we bought toys for the kids. We bought a frozen turkey. We go up to this house and this woman answers the door. She's got five kids. She's in what's not even a one bedroom, this crappy place. She sees the food that we bought and the, the, the turkey and the toys for the kids. She starts crying. The kids come out. The older ones start crying. I start crying. And guys, I'm blessed to say I've now fed over, I think, probably close to about 105,000 children over the last 20 years for the holidays. And I'm not saying this to brag. There's a punchline here. Just, just hang with me. There's a, there's a real message here. I've done tens of thousands of backpacks filled with school supplies. It's astounding to me. We live in the greatest country on earth and kids don't even have basic supplies for school. I've done tens of thousands of teddy bears to local police departments here for their officers to keep in vehicles when they encounter a child that's been traumatized so they can comfort the child. And the reason I bring this up is I was successful, but I was unfulfilled. And, you know, we've been taught, and those of you young guys that are listening to their show here, listen up right now, because, you know, we've been taught to achieve to be happy. But I'm going to tell you, if you find a cause and you give back right now, you're happily achieving, okay? And you're going to get the success much faster. Now, you don't do it for that reason, but you're going to get the success faster. So you might be thinking, yeah, I'll give back when I have more money or when I have time or whatever. Do it right now because you're going to get the success faster. So pick a cause, children, the elderly, the environment, animals, whatever it is, and give back right now and you're going to get the success faster and you'll be happier along the way.
I just want to throw that in. Sorry, I dropped the mic again. Keep on guys. preaching, baby. We love All it. Right. All right. Thank you. I love the Thank energy. You. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of wisdom. You've been around. You've been doing it. And there's a lot to be gained from that. It's, so. it's real. You know, this. it's real. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. It's the tr- it's truth, period. So what are uh, what are some of your your goals now? You know, so we've achieved a lot. What are you what are you looking to achieve here in the Man, I love what I'm doing, you know, I, and, and again, this is not ego, but when I tell you that I get love probably five to 15 times a day, I get an email, I get DMs, I get gifts, those cards in the mail. I, I got a gift basket yesterday. I, I, I mean, you know, I freaking love it. I just love it. And, and so, you know, I, I hope that I can, you know, and this is not hyperbole. This is not like, you know, what saying what you want to hear, but I hope I can continue to do that. I love real estate, everything real estate. I love entrepreneurship. I love building businesses. Who knows if I'll keep buying apartment complexes, about about 2,300 doors with my students in the last couple of years. Um, but, uh, you know, what life about, is good. Uh, so um, I know you've given us a lot of advice and, and thoughts on mindset, but what are the maybe one or two things that you would say, were most important to your success? Sure. One is, is focus. Okay. Focus is power. You've got to focus. And what you focus on, like I said, grows larger. I, I get people to call me and say, you know, how do I get out of student loan debt? I'm like, wrong question. How do you make so much money? So the student loan debt is irrelevant. You know, for example, they asked mother Teresa, if she was anti-war, she said, no, I'm pro-peace. Okay. Focus is everything guys. I listen to, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss is in Austin, Texas. I was just listening to him interview Michael Dell, who's also in Austin, Texas today. And I started to hear, a, you know, Tim Ferriss, is, that's about the only podcast I listen to. I get excited about my 11 million downloads. He's at, I think, 111 million or something, but, but, um, or maybe more than that even. But he interviews the best of the best in all walks of life, you know, like Michael Dell, billionaire, Ray Dalio, billionaire, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Ed Norton, actors, you know, uh, Michael Phelps, athletes, the best of the best. And I started to hear a pattern. They all meditate. What does meditation enhance? Focus. So focus is number one. Number two, you got to know what the hell you want. Okay. With clarity, clarity is power. You got to know what you want and why you want it because you got to have that burning desire. That's what's going to get your butt up. That's what's going to get you to push through fear, push through any limiting beliefs that you might have. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not analytical enough. You got to push through that. There's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS. It's because they are BS, but you've got to have that burning desire to push through the BS, or maybe you're comfortable. Comfort zone's a warm place, but nothing freaking grows there, right? So you got you to have that burning desire to push through. So that's number two. Third thing is peers. You've got to be around people that think what you think is hard is easy. People that think what, you know, that, that, that want more out of life. People that aren't going to hold you back based on their fears, their jealousy, their inadequacy, or, or their love of you, a fear of losing you. And so, you know, most people will default in their peer group to the people they went to school with or the people they work with. And that's a mistake. You need to proactively seek out your peers. I happen to host the largest multifamily mastermind, I think in the world now, we've got 14 billion in assets there, but I started it here in my compound. I had 16 guys come uh, and women, uh, about a billion in assets. I'm like, this is incredible. And, and I don't know about you guys, if you belong in any masterminds, but they're so powerful because you're comparing notes, you're sharing information. And and now it turned into this big thing because, again, I want to be around people that think what I think is hard is easy. So the third thing is peer group. I can keep going, but there's three. Yeah, it's great, man. I love it. Really appreciate that. Super helpful. Yeah. Thank you. 
Well, we're going to keep pushing forward on our end here in uh, Austin, Texas. And um, we really appreciate your time, man. And any way that we can help out or add value for you, we are in. No, I appreciate you letting me plug the Orlando boot camp, guys. You know, if you got if if you're interested and you're listening in, in this multifamily at all, for God's sakes, come spend three days with me. I promise you, you'll be glad you did. You go to that website, you'll see hundreds of testimonials unsolicited at the bottom of people that rave about it. Because I, of course, I spend a lot of time on mindset, too. You know, I mean, I mean, that's why my students take action and they, they actually do, you know, if it was just knowledge, there'd be a bunch of wealthy librarians and college professors out there, right? You got to actually do something. And so we spend a lot of time on that. People cry at my events. They laugh at my events. I mean, we do some really cool stuff. And so um, again, text multifamily to 72345 and remember the code rod friend and come spend some days with me. You'll be glad you did. But, you know, if you're interested um, and can't make it there, uh, you can go to real estate with Rod. Um, that's, that's the domain that points to my Rod Cleef site. Nobody can spell my name. So use real estate with Rod and you can get there. And I've got tons of free books and articles and videos and all kinds of stuff. You can learn a ton just at the website. So if you can't make it, and then of course my podcast called lifetime Cash Flow. I hope you'll check it out. Even if you're not interested in multifamily, because those on your power clips really, you know, people don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made them feel. And I do everything I can to make you feel so. Come on, baby. Well, I'm all juiced up. We got a thank you, brother. Another it's a pleasure uh, to meet you guys. This is yeah, a lot man. of fun. You too, Rod. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, sir. Yeah, Everybody, thanks. thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Podcast. Matt, Alex, Rod Cleef. Let's get it, baby. Go have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Rod.